0: Welcome to episode number 37 of Quality Christian Living. Once again, I'm your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with our finances. The title of the series is finances need prayer and faith. That's a broad statement and one that we've been talking about really quite frankly for a number of months now. So we're going to continue to teach in the area of finances and one very important part of our finances is in our attitude toward giving. Today, I want to tackle a subject and call it giving our finances to receive so much more. When we give of what we have to the Lord, a lot of things take place in our life. Number one, traits that we had as a child of of keeping things and being stingy and holding on and not willing to release things is taken away from us. When we decide to give and it comes from our heart, we become a cheerful giver. We become one who rejoices in giving. Matter of fact, we even look forward to giving. Something amazing takes place in our spiritual life. We become dependent upon the Lord. We desire to trust Him more. We are willing to step out in faith more often. We have a desire to pray more. It's amazing how a simple word like giving can make such a great impact on our life. So we're going to continue to talk about that topic. And today I'm going to go into several scriptures, I think, that lays a groundwork for the benefits we receive when we trust God with all of our heart, lean not on our own understanding. We acknowledge Him to direct our path. That's what giving will bring forth in our life. So I'm excited about today's message. I hope that you are too. And I believe that the Lord has something special. So let me just pray and ask God's blessing and anointing upon it. Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, with a great need, and that is a need and desire to understand in detail your desire for us to give and why it's so beneficial for us to give. Lord, today help us as we talk about giving of our finances and giving of our time and our talents and our abilities to other people. I pray that the Holy Spirit would come in now take over this podcast and lead and guide the words that I say. I pray a blessing upon everyone who's listening today and that this teaching on giving will open up a new a new generation of givers in the church across this world. Thank you again for this opportunity we pray in Jesus name. Amen. In all the years that I've been helping people with their finances, the years that I spent as a banker, the years as a pastor, as a Sunday school teacher, I've had so many questions I've had to answer. And many times, the answer is very simple. The answer is found in the Word of God. But a lot of people, even though they know it's found in the Word of God, they're looking for an answer here from some individual or some idea or some thought that they might have. And that's just not the proper way to approach the subject of giving. When people come to me and ask about giving, they ask things like, How much should I give? When should I give? Who should I give money to? Who is deserving of my giving? And who is not deserving And it just goes on and on. So let me just give you a thought and a suggestion. i give you a little commercial right now. I've written a book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And in that book, there's a chapter, matter of fact, a couple of chapters, dealing with giving, the reasons why we should give and the benefits from giving. So if you're interested in that, at the end of this episode, the end of this podcast, I'll be giving you my address of my webpage and where you can find the help from that. The book is entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. So let's get into the Word of God. And see what God's word has to say. We'll go back in the Old Testament and look in the book of Deuteronomy in this area of the book of deuteronomy the lord speaking to moses moses is then writing down the things and the instructions the lord has hint for him in talking to the people people of israel topics are things like obedience and the blessings that come from obedience the lord's chosen place for worship a warning against idolatry uh, the release of debtors and various things that go on and on but right in the middle of all that there's a very interesting verse dealing with giving It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 17. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. All must give as they are able according to the blessings given to them by the Lord your God. I'm gonna read that again because sometimes on a podcast, I read a little too fast. So let me read that very slowly. All must give as they are able according to the blessings given to them by the Lord your God. There's several things that are being mentioned here. First is that everyone needs to give. If you want to be blessed of the Lord, then we must become a giver. And it says, if they are able or are the, as they are able, according to the blessings given to them. Today we talk about that in church and we'll talk about it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. This verse is saying that very same thing. It says, according to the blessings given to them, to so therefore to much that is given, then much should be required. That's also a Bible verse. And in here it says the blessings came from the Lord. So it tells us that number one, we're to give. Number two, it tells us that we're all to give according to what we have financially. And number three, it says that all your blessings that you have and everything that you receive comes from the Lord. So great teaching there, one that gives us a foundation of why we should give. God gives to us so that we are able and are desirous of giving to others. Now that we understand it's God's desire for us to give and that what we have comes from him and so therefore we're supposed to give of what he gives us and that we should give according to what we have. Some are able to give more and others don't quite have as much money so therefore they're not able to give as much. So let's get a little deeper and see what the book of Proverbs has to say about giving. I, As you can tell from prior podcasts, I really enjoy getting into the book of Proverbs, especially when it talks about subjects like giving, borrowing, lending, guaranteeing loans, whatever it might be. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, New Living Translation again, verses number 26 and 27. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. So God's going to help us, not going to allow us to get into financial challenges if we seek him first. Verse 27, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Verse 28, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say, Come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. You know, I could preach a sermon at church just on those three verses because there's so much there dealing with the importance of giving of what we have to others. So let's go back and kind of analyze it a little bit. First, it talks about God's our security. So he's our safety and he'll keep us from getting into trouble. So therefore, that's a promise he has for us. So when we give to him, He's not going to turn around and come up against us and just want more and more and more and cause us to become challenged with financial problems. That's not his goal in this whole thing. And then it says here that in verse 27, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. That's a very important comment because there's a lot of people asking for money today. As we look around the streets all over this country, we see people standing on the corners with signs that says, "I'm out of work" or "I'm homeless," whoever might be. Could you please give me what you can? And I got to be honest, a lot of those folks look very deserving and look very worthy of it. But I've done a little checking into it to find out that many of those people are working for a larger group of people. They will drive around the city and drop these folks off, looking bedraggled, be looking kind of rough, making up old, worn-out signs for them and asking them to just ask, to just ask people for money. And these folks, yeah, they probably, do, they obviously need a job. So this is their job. It's not that they're necessarily always homeless, and some of them are, I understand that. But on the other hand, many of these folks are literally working for a group, and the more money that they raise, they have to share that with other people who probably have a decent home. And so it's something that is happening all over our country, and we need to be careful. As Christians, the Lord understands that he wants us to give, but then again, we should look for those who are deserving of help. So therefore, I'm a big believer that when someone calls me on the phone and asks me for money over the phone, if I don't know that agency, if I'm not familiar with who they are and what they're doing, I generally always tell them, no, I don't give over the phone. I don't know who I'm talking to. And I have followed that for really, quite frankly, most of my life, because then I'll check into their organization. If it's something that I've heard about, then I'm have no problem giving. But I don't want to just give to someone over the phone and give a credit card number or something that you don't know what you're doing, it's really not very safe. So if you want to give, check the people out, find out if they're honest, if they're real. If someone calls you from an agency or a company, a, a group called Teen Challenge, which is a wonderful group that helps people recover from drugs and helps them to get back on track, and it's an amazing ministry. Now when they call or write me a letter, I always pray about, Lord, how much do you want me to give? Because once we determine that they deserve a gift, then we need to ask the Lord, Lord, how much should I give? A lot of times people give just because they feel, well, in the moment, let's just give right now. And sometimes they might give either too much or too little and then later regret that. So I believe prayer is crucial. I've talked about how we can be successful in our finances requires prayer and faith. So when it comes for people asking you to give money to them, We should pray about it. We should then do our, what I call, due diligence. That's our checking around to find out who these people are, whether there have been good reports put upon them, whether they've done the proper things with the money that they're giving, and just generally check out and make sure that where you are giving money, those folks are truly deserving, and then you'll fulfill the instructions that God has given us in the book of Deuteronomy. At the end of that verse, it also says, after it says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it, then it says, when it's in your power to help them. Once again, we hear a comment about it's not equal giving but it's equal sacrifice. To a lady who's on social security and that's all she has to live on, a five dollar bill can be a very significant sacrifice. However, to someone who's making a hundred thousand dollars a year, five dollars could be just simply almost meaningless to them. So it's important we understand that we should give according to how God blesses us and that we should check people out to see see that they're worthy to receive a gift. Let, Let me give you an example of what I do. Not that I have all the answers, not that I do everything right, but it's worked. Well for me. Yesterday, for example, I went into my desk where I keep all those letters that come in the mail. A lot of them are people asking for money. There's politicians, there's companies or organizations that are helping the poor. There's some that are churches, some who are evangelists, literally all over the place. And if you're like me, you probably get at least one or two or three of those every day, especially from politicians. Now I'm not a big giver to politicians because I find that many of them are just not trustworthy. But when it comes to people in ministry, people who are helping other people, I want to be sure and and pray about it and make sure that God gives me instructions and I feel at peace. You may be asking, well, then how do you know that you're at peace? Well, and that, and that you should give. Well, the way I do it is when I pray about something, if I'm frustrated or confused or not for sure what I should, should do or shouldn't do, then I just withhold making decisions at that time. The Word of God tells me to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding, in all my ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct my path. The Word of God also tells me that God wants me to have the peace of God that passes all understanding it'll guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus therefore I believe we know when God is directing us is when we have complete total peace about something we believe in it We've researched it, we know that we should move forward with it. So I take this this group of letters that I receive many times every day and I'll pray over them. And I'll look at them and say, "Lord, you know, should I give to this person? And if I should, how much?" And many times the the letter that came in, no, not now's not the time to do that, so I'll push it to the side. But I think there was about 15 or 20 letters that I had to look at yesterday. And when I went through them, there were like five that I felt that yes, I should do something, f- you know, for them right now. There were a few more than that that I should do something for them sometime, but I'm not sure when, because I really want to be led of God when it comes time to give of what he's blessed me with. So just don't give to everything that comes through the door. Make sure that you do what you should do to check them out. Be sure they're worthy. Pray, seek God, and then I know the Lord will direct. When I'm talking about the area of giving, it's important you understand there's so much more than just giving of our finances giving of our time, our talent are crucial. There's some great instruction found in the Word of God about how we can give to others. And simply giving forgiveness can be one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone. So let's turn in the Bible to Luke chapter 6, verses 32 through 35, and look at an example of giving. I was going to read just a verse, but I, I think it's there needs to be several verses read. So looking at Luke chapter 6 in the New Living Translation, I'm starting at verse number 27. These are the words of Jesus. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I think I need, I need to take a break right there. That's heavy. I mean, that's really incredible. But I have discovered that in many of those scriptures, if I do what it says, when I do what it says, I'm giving a gift to these folks. And then I'm set free. I'm free to be prosperous in my finances, in my health, in my marriage, in my relationship with my children and our friends. When Jesus said, but to you you who are willing to listen, see, at first it says, if you want to listen, if you're open to what I have to say, we've got to be open to what Jesus has to say. He says, love your enemies. That's simply Means that those who come up against you, you need to pray for them. It says, "Do good to those who hate you." It's important that we must not return evil for evil. When we return good from an evil act, it absolutely amazes that person. They're in shock. That doesn't mean that they should beat you up. And if someone kicks you in the face, that you should say, "Okay, now kick me in in my back." And now kick me in the head. That's not what this is saying. When it says, "If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer of the other cheek also." That's not really saying your cheek. What it's saying is, when someone hurts you, then just Let it go and just move on. If we can learn to let go and and offer to them a gift of forgiveness, we're set free. It says if someone demands your coat and, and, and give them your shirt also, give to anyone who asks. Now that doesn't mean that we give to dishonest people. That doesn't mean that we give when we don't have it, that we go out and get in debt to give people the money and put ourselves in serious trouble. It just simply says when someone asks if you're able to do it, if you're in a position to be able to help them financially, then help them. And when things are taken away from you, don't constantly try to get it back. I can remember a number of stories in my own life and I think this might be a good time to relate them to you. I've been in business with a lot of different people and I was a real estate developer for 15 years very actively and for a total of about 20 to 22 years and prior to that I was a banker and so in those days I did a lot of business with people. I got to know a lot of business people. I saw people with successes. I saw people who were failures in business but one thing that I've learned that I learned from them was that when people would forget where they've been beaten up or how someone has gone come up against them or they pray for them or forgive them, these people are set free and they move on. Now that person who cheated you may not be free, but you know the Bible tells us as much as it depends with you, be at peace with other people. That means we offer peace if it's received, wonderful, but if it's not received, we can't do anything about it. So when we offer to give someone and they reject us and they turn against us, all we can do is just walk away and leave it alone. It's so important that we understand that when we give, God's going to bless us and he's going to give back, press down, shaken together and running over. Now, I'll give you an example. I was mentioned it previously, but let me give an example of a man I would, did business with. We were friends first for a number of years. Then after that, we decided to do a couple little business transactions. And in the middle of one of these transactions, he took a lot of money from me. I mean, he literally took money on a project that we purchased together. He sold it and he took the money and he ran. And I was faced with a dilemma. Do I go after him? Bible says, no, let it go. And I was faced with another dilemma was, my finances were very difficult, very challenging. So I needed that money just as bad as he did. But he evidently felt he needed it more than me. Matter of fact, that's what he told me. He says, I took this because I needed it more than you did. And so that was really quite a dilemma. But I just thought, Lord, if I can settle this dispute quickly and just move on, you're going to bless me. And so I forgave him. I let it go. And it was a lot of money in those days. This was quite a few years ago. But the first deal, it was a total of about $100,000. And that was a lot of money. It's a lot of money today. But boy, it was a lot of money back then. And we were raising a family and had a business and trying to make things happened and it was a real shocker. So I borrowed the money in order to clear that mess up. There were no attorneys involved, no legal battle going on. We moved on. It was only a matter of a few months that the Lord blessed my wife and I with an amazing profit on a project that just kind of came out of nowhere and we made $150,000. Now I'm giving you exact numbers so that you can kind of relate to that number. Now go back and look at it. I lost $100,000 to this man. Within a short time, God blessed it, gave me back that $100,000 and then gave me another $50,000 on top of it. I believe that when we pray for those who use us, those who despitefully come against us, it says here, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. It goes on and on and on, and I believe that, because I've seen it happen in my own life, and I believe we can do that. Once again, it doesn't mean you should lay down and let someone drive their car over top of you and kill you. That's not what I'm talking about, and that's not what Jesus is talking about, but he wants us to understand that when we give, we will receive, and we'll receive something good from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus goes on to talk in verse 32. This is really good. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33, and if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. Verse 34, and if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others for a full term. Then it goes on, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them. Even it says, even without expecting to be repaid. Now that's, I'm going to stop right there because when you loan money to someone else, if you can't afford to lose it, you should never lend it. Now that's, listen to that. If you can't afford to lose it, you shouldn't lend it. And I mean that. That's even a business transaction, that's a relative, a friend, a family member, someone in church, whatever it might be. I've never lent money to people, never given them money with the understanding that if I don't get that back, I'm going I'm going to go bankrupt, or I'm going to run into big trouble financially. I've always had a thought that I hope they pay me back. I'm really hoping they do, but if they don't, I'm going to have to move on because if I continue to fight that thing, it'll come back and haunt me for the rest of my life. And it's, Jesus says, Then your reward from heaven will be very great, He says, when you do these things, when you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. You know, another thing these words is telling me that God loves those who even cheat other people. Now, that he's not happy with their cheating. That's called sin. But God still loves those who are going around cheating people out of money, taking money from people, taking advantage of people. God still loves them. He is obviously not in favor of that sin. He's opposed to that sin. But if that person repents, goes back to that person and asks for forgiveness, goes to God and says, I'm sorry, please forgive me and I'll serve you and I promise to serve you all my life, God will give us another chance. It's hard to relate to this. I know some of you you have been hurt by people. You've been taken advantage of by people. They've borrowed money from you and never gave it back. Or they've taken money from you in some business transaction and you are still struggling with it. I can only tell you this. We should learn to pray for those who despitefully use us. Those who come up against us. Because when we do, we are released. Now I want to be released from that pressure and that problem because I want to be able to be positive positive in moving into the next thing that I do. The next transaction that I take. And so forgiveness is one of the greatest gifts that we can give. Some of you will reject this teaching. Some of you think it's just complete heresy and that there's no way in the world you can do that. But I can tell you that I've taught this for years and years and I've seen individuals who have had major battles going on with people in their family or with business associates in the past where there was massive amounts of money in, involved. And when the two of them got together and they offered forgiveness and they offered to settle and they kept their these attorneys out of the thing, then they were blessed. And their product, productivity after absolutely exploded. You see, when God looks at us and he's pleased with our actions, when we forgive others and move on, God says, if you'll not forgive others, then I can't forgive you. And so when he's pleased, God is so pleased to see his people, his children, forgive other people and move on with their life. And he'll open up those windows of heaven once again, and he'll pour out a blessing that we can't contain. Every single time I got into some kind of a conflict in business, the thing I want to do more than anything else was to settle the dispute as fast as I possibly could getting an attorney. In all those years in business, the Lord blessed me that I never once had to have an attorney fight my battle for me. I think that's amazing. It was because God intervened. And in every situation, Sharon and I, my wife and I, came out stronger than we were before. Our business grew better than it did before because we left those things behind. We we turned away from those things in the past. And I moved forward to expect God's blessing. And, in, and there was an anticipation, anticipation in my life that God was going to bless me because I did did what was right, and it's always right to do what's right. There's one more area in the in the subject of giving that I want to talk about and it's discussed in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Once again, Jesus is teaching about a hand, how to handle some of these issues and so I want to read to you again a couple of verses and then talk about them and see how it applies to your life. I hope that you're receiving something out of this teaching today. I hope that you'll be open to hear what the Word of God has to say and open to the experiences that I've had that have blessed me and the things that I've learned from because anytime we listen to someone else, we'll get something out of it we'll gain something out of it we'll either agree with them or disagree with them but in one way or another we'll be taught something and i pray that this session will be a blessing and be of help to you in the middle of settling disputes. So let's move on to one more area that I think is crucial to that of giving and it's found in Matthew chapter six. Once again the New Living Translation. I'm reading at verse number one. Probably going to read three or four verses so we can get theme and understand what Jesus is teaching here. He says watch out. Now when Jesus says watch out we want to do what? Watch out. So he says watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets, to call attention to their acts of charity. If you tell the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Let's let's go on to one more verse here. Verse five. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where someone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. One more verse. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will will reward you wow where do i start on that one when it comes to giving, it should be between us and the Lord. Now, if you're married, the two of you should be in agreement about giving that you're going to do and you should be supportive of each other. When when Jesus talked about giving, he says, watch out. Don't, don't do good deeds so that other people admire and will admire them. Kind of reminds me of, of all the re- reward shows and award shows that they have on television. The movie stars and all the actors and the singers and all this. They love to honor each other and they just love to give glory to each other. Every once in a while, you go. You'll find a Christian in there we will give glory to God and thank God for that blessing. But people love to go around just making loud boisterous remarks about how they're helping and blessing other and rewarding others. And Jesus warns us about that. He says, to be admired by others, you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. I went to a banquet a long time ago. It was a, I won't say the name of the group, but it was a wonderful organization. And the guy that was in charge of the whole thing stood up there as they were getting ready to hand out plaques to people for th- things they did. And, and that's nice. It's, it's nice to give some a reward or a plaque or honor them for doing something kind. But the man got up to say, he says, before we hand out all of our awards and plaques today, he says, I hope nobody's thinking that you can take all these plaques when you go to heaven and lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, look, God, look what I've done. You know, people laughed and and I really got something out of that because when he said that, I thought, you know, it's so true. Jesus expects us to do good things for others. And we don't need to be rewarded for it here on earth. Matter of fact, we will be rewarded for it in heaven because that's where our reward is great. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just give your heart to him today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and he'll He'll touch you and bless you and forgive you from all your unrighteousness. And then he'll give you a reward, which is eternity with him in heaven. And you will not have a single doubt in your mind as to where you're gonna spend eternity. So that's the reward that we're all looking for. That reward is when Jesus looks us in the eye and says, well done my good and faithful servant. And I believe that's the reward that we want to focus on and we don't need to blow our own horn to tell people about what we've done good. Jesus also said in here, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Just don't, just keep it to yourself. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. And He'll reward us not only in heaven, but we'll be rewarded here on earth. I believe with no doubt in my mind that as we do good things here and have good works here, God gives us a reward. He'll sometimes bless us financially. He'll sometimes bless us physically. Other times with a great marriage. Other times with wonderful children, with loving kids, or a great church we go to. Our fulfillment in life of doing something good for someone else is is one of the greatest feelings of growth and and power that you can experience in your life, is that you made a difference in some else's life so that can be our reward. So he Jesus goes on to say, say also when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who who shout and scream out on the street corners. He should says go to a closet. Now that does not mean we can't play pray in public. It doesn't mean that we can't pray for other people out loud. It just simply means that that don't run around there be praying to let other people see that look at me, I can pray, I know how to pray. That type of prayer is not going to be acceptable to the Lord. So Jesus tells us how to pray, when to pray. And, and we must catch that. We must understand that, that prayer is the key to releasing the power in heaven. He goes on and tells us, he says, these people who pray like that. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating them, their words again and again. He says, don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he goes on to say, pray like this. And I'm not gonna pray the Lord's prayer right now because that's gonna be in another teaching. But I really hope that this series that I'm in is a blessing to you. And I hope that when you make decisions to give, that you you research what you're doing and you check out the people you're supposed to give to. You'll understand that if you give and you don't get a thank you, just let it go. Give because you're doing it for the Lord. A lot of folks go around many times in their own life and they say things like, well, we keep inviting those people to our house and to our house, but they never invite us to their home. Really, what difference does it make? When you give of your home, it shouldn't be based upon the fact that you want someone to return a gift to you. So I pray once again, a blessing upon you. Father, thank you for this teaching today. I truly believe we hit something very special today and that people's lives have been touched. Help us to understand, Father, the significance, Father, of giving, of prayer in our giving, and of receiving a blessing from you and forgiving other people, Lord, and, and to realize that we can pray for those who come up against us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this teaching on giving our finances to be received will receive much more reaches deep into the hearts of those who are listening today. Thank you once again for this opportunity, and I'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Once again, I hope you received something special from this today. And I know that God will bless you if you get into his word and read what he has to say about giving in order to receive a blessing from him. If you're interested in getting more information about my teachings on finance, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and I know there'll be a link there for you to give me your email address so that I can send you a weekly newsletter I'll be putting out shortly. You can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. My next episode will be entitled True Riches. I taught on a, that subject several weeks ago and had a tremendous response to it. So we're going to expand that and see what the Lord has in store for us. So until next time, may God richly bless you.